In today's episode, we will be talking all about FVR, which is free voluntary reading in the world language classroom. My guest today is Jade Green, and she's going to give us some insights and tools for creating a classroom library and inspiring reading in our students. So let's jump in. Are you a language teacher looking for some reassurance that what you're doing in the classroom is on the right track? Or maybe you're looking for some ways to teach even more effectively. If you're one or the other or somewhere in between, you've landed in the right place. This is the World Language Classroom Podcast with your host, me, Joshua Cabral. You're about to get tips, tools, and resources so that your students continue to rise in proficiency and communicate with confidence. Let's jump in. Vamos, allons-y. Hello, my friends. Bonjour, mes amis. Hola, mis amigos. We love reading and we see so much value in it. The thing about reading is so many times in the classroom, in our language classrooms, when we're reading, we're reading one novel together, one story together. That typically happens in, you know, their English language arts classes. But is there an opportunity for students to be a little more engaged in topics that are really important to them or that they identify with? So we're going to jump into this topic today of free voluntary reading. And to help us do that is the amazing Jade Green. Welcome on in, Jade. Yeah! Hey, y'all. Where, where are you right now, Jade? I'm in North Carolina, Greensboro. So can you tell us about your journey in this world of teaching? I taught Spanish for seven years. I've taught so many different levels. Um, I started out with Spanish one. Um, I did some pre-IB level towards the the end of my first school that I taught at. Um, So I have experience with upper level and lower level, but I have more experience with lower level. When I first started Mm -hmm. teaching... (laughs) I was so focused on teaching with a textbook because that's the way I learned Mm -hmm. in high school and that was what I knew. But the last few years of my teaching experience, I've explored CI and comprehensible input and I am in love (laughs) with making um, language more comprehensible for students and helping them be able to mm-hmm. communicate in Spanish. And what was your connection with Spanish like throughout your education that made you choose that as your career? My mom, when I was in middle school, she went back to college um, and she had a Spanish mm-hmm. class because, you know, they require you to take a language class when you're in college. So mm-hmm. um, she was doing her homework and she would always do her homework when we were around. And I was so intrigued I was like Spanish wait like I was only around people who spoke English in my hometown there wasn't a huge Mm -hmm. Spanish population so I had had no contact with other languages before Mm -hmm. so I was like I'm gonna study this when I go to high school and when I got to high school Mm -hmm. I took Spanish class fell in love even more and then got to travel a little bit so I fell in love with Spanish then 
So let's jump into this topic of reading. And before we talk about specifically the uh, free voluntary reading sort of experience for students, what are the, the benefits that you see for promoting that culture of reading in your classroom? Reading is important no matter the subject because it's going to help students develop a comprehension of what they're reading and vocabulary. One of the quotes that I posted to my Instagram was that students pick up word meaning meaning 10 times faster by reading than with intensive vocabulary instruction. That was by Stephen Krashen. So students are going to pick up more vocabulary reading on their own if if Mm -hmm. they're trying Mm -hmm. to make sense of it in context versus me saying you have to memorize this list of vocabulary just because I said it's for this unit. Also introduce more cultural topics with books because students are going to read about things that relate to certain cultures and that they're going to understand that better than I would say facts here and there about cultural culture from a country. So it's essentially the the whole idea with comprehensible input is everything's in context you know and so i guess when you're when mm-hmm. you're reading every single word and every single language structure is inherently in context yep how do you choose the books that go into your library now let's just actually step back from there a second um and this whole idea of free voluntary reading now, I, I kind of gave my spin on it when I introduced the topic, but how would you describe what that is before we even talk about the library? I would say it is a time, specific times, whether you do it two days, three days, you have specific times set aside for students to read. Mm-hmm. You want students to develop a love for reading, which is why the voluntary piece is there. You don't make them read a specific book. You let them choose what they want to read during that time. And it's important for students to have choice Mm -hmm. during this time. Mm -hmm. But the expectation is that students are reading during that time. It's not, it's not sort of a choice of reading or not. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) They get a choice of which book or which, uh, if they want to read a magazine or like, the mm-hmm. piece, mm-hmm. but no, they have to read. <laughs> okay. And how how long is that period uh, when you sort of set out your time in class? How long does that last? I had Spanish 1. The past few years, I've taught mostly Spanish 1. So with Spanish 1 students, they don't have a lot of background with language. So they need more time to develop a vocabulary to understand those high frequency verbs and then we started after maybe i don't know four or five weeks we've worked and we've read and we've conversed a little bit and used spanish and if i felt like they were ready then we could introduce free um volunteer reading but mm-hmm. when i first started with my some groups of spanish one i started with three minutes all right we're gonna read mm-hmm. for three minutes And then it got to the point where, okay, we're going to up it to five. And what's really exciting is when students are reading and they're like, aw, five minutes is up. (laughs) Yes. That's when you struck gold, right? (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> so you can do it in increments and increase um, based mm-hmm. on what your students are ready for. Three, five, seven, five, seven, nine, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Whatever works for them. Mm-hmm. And typically, do students continue reading what they were reading the last time or are they choosing new things? I guess maybe it depends on the level, but what does that typically look like? Some students will read the same book and some students will be bored with the book that they were reading and they can switch. Mm -hmm. It would be great if students wanted to keep reading books that they were reading the last, um, the last session, but it's okay if Mm -hmm. students change books mid book or even if they've only read a few pages Mm -hmm. because if you want students to develop a love for learning and you force them to read a book that they don't want to read they're not going to want to keep it's going to be a drag every single time they have to oh well it's free Mm -hmm. volunteer reading time and I have to read this book that Profe Collins Mm -hmm. is making me read (laughs) right do students reread the same book sometimes if they're really interested in it I haven't seen that, um, but mm-hmm. I've reread books before that I like. Right. So, I mean, it, it can only help because even though they're rereading it, they're going to be exposed to that vocabulary. It's frequency again. So that vocab, mm-hmm. those verbs, all of that stuff, all of those structures are going to stick with them if they read it again. So now I'm going to go back to my original question in this section about how you choose (laughs) your books that go into your classroom library. I try to choose a variety of books. So action, suspense, nonfiction, fiction, drama, drama. Students love drama based on plot and then also levels. So I, I, said I've taught mostly Spanish one. So I had a lot of books that were going to be good for novice readers. And then also there are some books that were for more advanced readers because not every student's going to be at the same level. Some students are going to retain vocabulary better and they're going to need something a little bit more advanced to push them. So, you know, having a variety of books. And what's been some of your student responses that stick out to you of a book they found in your library to read in your classroom that really spoke to them? And they're sort of like, oh, Profit Collins, that's what they call you? Well, oh, they called yeah. you? Because you're, you're green yes. now, right? But when you were yes. Profit Collins, right? Um, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for this book. This really spoke to me. Any of those experiences? I have had students read La Clase de Confesiones by um, mm-hmm. Alicia Quintero. And that one is mm-hmm. really, really juicy. And I think students could relate to it. Mm-hmm. So I have had students um, talk about that one. And do you try to have different representation within your classroom library for students that they, they're not just always sort of that window into the experience of others, but they're seeing themselves reflected as well? Is that a part of your process? Yes, um, that is very important to me because a lot of the books on covers of books, you know, you don't want to have one specific type of student. You don't want to have um, only representation for one skin color. You want to have representation for differently abled students. You want to make sure students feel represented. Mm-hmm. If if I saw a book 
and there was somebody on the cover that looked like me, I'd be intrigued to pick it up. And are you are you finding that there are more of those options available now? I think that the the world of uh, the concept of DEI and representation is it's being recognized and understood more. And are you are you finding more options for representation when you're looking for these books? I think there are some changes being made. Um, I think that more people are going to, going to be more aware of representation in books. Um, and I'm excited to see those changes. Um, mm -hmm. Some of the, well, I've written two mm -hmm. books and I want to make sure on those covers that there are going to be students who look like me and students who look like other students so they feel represented. So let's talk about Jade the author. <laughs> that was coming up next anyway. So uh, let's how how did you venture into writing these these books, these readers for students? Okay. Uh, I wanted to write. Um, I had it in my head probably way longer than I should have before I actually did it. And then I mm -hmm. did write and I sat on that book for a year at least because mm -hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't ready um, to put it out there into the world. And I um, reached out in quarantine to Carrie mm -hmm. Toth at the very, very beginning of quarantine. And I asked her some questions and she encouraged me also Alicia Quintero and they encouraged me a lot to just go for it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. So I mm -hmm. sent, I sent, I sent in, um, I sent in some, some of my book and, um, Carol Gobb, she read it and she liked it. And then I ended up writing another one mm -hmm. because during the height of everything that was going on with George Floyd, I had like so many emotions and I wanted to, get what I was feeling out in relation to the classroom and students and how they might be feeling. Um, so that's how Sueño Hecho Realidad came to life. Mm -hmm. And so we mm -hmm. published that one first. So that was actually your second book that was published first. Yes. <laughs> in response to events that were happening around the country. Yes. Yeah. My first book was um, El Duendo de Salin Salento. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's and that one about? It is based on a legend, a Colombian legend. Um, I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure there are variations of this in lots of other um, Spanish-speaking countries. But my friend, I was looking to make a short story because I wanted something for my students to read in Spanish that was cultural. So I was like, tell me something about um, Colombia, like a legend or something, a story. Mm -hmm. She told me that. And I sat down to write um the short story only meant to be like maybe one or two pages and then I was like wait mm -hmm. there's so much it can be a book mm -hmm. and so I mapped out the chapters and I started writing and then I had a book <laughs> I had I had the whole little novel so the uh, the book that you wrote for in response to Black Lives Matter the the name George Floyd that mm -hmm. was representative of 
so much racism in this country. Mm-hmm. When you wrote that book, what level of, I'm assuming you wrote it in Spanish as a mm-hmm. Spanish reader, correct? Mm-hmm. So when you were writing that book, what was the level of Spanish that you were writing there for like sort of what level of middle school or high school? Mm, I wouldn't say middle school or high school. I would say level of Spanish. So for a student who's had a couple years of Spanish, I think they could definitely, or even in year two of Spanish, I think that they could Mm -hmm. definitely dive into the book. Um, especially even if a student were in eighth grade or ninth or 10th grade, I think those things that were written in Sueño, Hecho Realidad, Mm -hmm. students are going to be able to relate to because I'm sure um, it's happened to them or somebody that they know in Mm -hmm. some form or fashion. So many times these discussions that need to be happening in the classroom and students need to see if if this book shows up in my teacher's library it's because they recognize this is important that Mm -hmm. this is an option for me and i ask specifically about the level because these these ideas don't have to be at the intermediate high advanced level mm-hmm. of proficiency to engage these conversations. So you're you're sort of writing it at an intermediate low sort of connected sentences mm-hmm. realm of proficiency and teachers and students can grapple with those topics at that level. Even if a lower level student were to attempt because they want to challenge themselves all of the novels the the comprehension based readers have glossaries in the back of every single word. So let's kind of flip a little bit and talk about your inspiration. You know, we have uh, lots of information, which is great, and I love listeners to hear about what inspires you, so that they could maybe look into those things as well. So where does your inspiration come from? Are there conferences, books, or people out there that inspire you? I get inspiration for, you mean for resources, for books, for... Anything that makes you get up and say, I'm going to do an even better job today than yesterday. <laughs> um, I get, I watch a lot of um, mm-hmm. <laughs> TV. I watch Spanish Spanish soap operas, Mm -hmm. that's my jam. So um, a lot of the cultural things that I um, see there, I try to incorporate things that I learned there, especially Mm -hmm. vocabulary, um, representation. I love to um, make sure that in my resources and clip art that I use, that students are represented. I use students um, with different skin tones. I use students that are differently abled, wheelchairs. I use students with hijabs. So representation is really important to me. Okay, so now um, we're going to take a little breather, you know, um, and we are going to yeah. pull, yeah, take, take a deep <laughs> breath. Uh, we're going to pull back the teacher <laughs> curtain a little bit and get to know Jade, okay. the person um, who I okay. I quite enjoy 
getting to know Jade the person because you're you're a pretty cool person, I have to say. Um, uh, and so we're gonna I'm gonna ask you a couple of either or questions, and sometimes these come from uh, my Twitter followers that kind of put it out there. Here's some good either or mm. questions. Okay, no right or wrong answer. Okay. You might say a little bit about why, uh, but these are just to get to know you a little <laughs> bit. So first one, city or country? I am going to say city because I grew up in a small town and that is mm, not having Mm -hmm. anything to do is no fun. So I don't have to be in a big city like Greensboro is not super big, but it's not like Charlotte (laughs) huge. So um, I'm going to go with city. All righty. Okay. Okay. Next one here. Digital or paper book? Uh, paper book. Mm. Paper book. I'm so with I, you on that one. <laughs> I have read I have read digital books just because, you know, availability. But mm-hmm. I prefer to turn the pages. There's mm-hmm. nothing like turning. Pages are opening a brand new mm-hmm. book. I love it. And it has oh, a smell. Yeah. Like the new book <gasps> smell. Oh, the new book smell. <laughs> yeah. And the last either or here. Planet. Or just wing it? Uh, I am a mm-hmm. little bit of both. So I plan things, but I don't plan it with bullet points for every mm-hmm. single minute. So like, I can plan and say, okay, I'm going to do mm-hmm. this today and then wing it if I need to change things up based on my mood or students' mood. So I'm a little bit of both. So you're flexible. You remain flexible. Yes, I'm flexible. That's important. (laughs) It has been an absolute joy uh, talking with you today, hearing all about um, the reading and the the literature that you inspire in your students and to hear about your author journey and all of that. And if our listeners would like to connect with you, where can they find you? Instagram, that's where you're going to find me the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have Twitter. Mm-hmm. I occasionally make an appearance on Twitter. <laughs> What's your Instagram handle? La Secundaria underscore J-A-G. Mm-hmm. And then for Twitter, it is La Secundaria J-A-G. And then I do have a Facebook page too. It's La Secundaria. Okay, la secundaria. That's that's la your thing. That's that's, that's always been your thing. You've been la secundaria, la secundaria. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me. All right, bye. You may have noticed in my conversation with Jade about free voluntary reading is that we did not have a discussion about checking for understanding or having students report out on what they read, or having some sort of book report or log of what they read. And the reason for that is the whole concept of free voluntary reading is that we want to instill a love of reading and an enjoyment of learning about a topic of interest without being accountable for a grade. When we ask students to report out on things, Yes, there is some value in that. Absolutely, that happens in classrooms all the time and for good reason. But the goal of free voluntary reading is for it to be a choice 
and to show students that they are able to use their language and learn. And it's really important that we have lots of options for students when it comes to choosing books. And that way, if it's something they want to read about, then they will be drawn to it and have more interest in it. So I appreciated uh, the insights that Jade gave us about starting with smaller amount of times with beginner students and having longer amounts of times as they move on. And also that representation piece, which is incredibly important for students so that they are drawn towards books where, yes, they will learn, but also see themselves reflected. So be sure to check out the show notes. You can connect with Jade as well, Jade Green. You will see a link to sign up for Talking Points, my weekly newsletter, where you will get tips on language teaching during the week. And you will know when new episodes are published and it's time to listen. We will talk again real soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to the World Language Classroom Podcast. Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening so you don't miss a single episode. Let's continue the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at WL Classroom. You can also see over 250 blog posts about language teaching at, you guessed it, wlclassroom.com.